today, 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 in space, in space, in space. Hello, everyone. Today is November 17th, 2004. Uh, welcome back to another episode uh, of the Today in Space podcast. So, um, as you can see by the second uh, reoccurring week of this happening, we're actually legitimately on every week now. Um, so, look forward to these on Mondays, probably Monday nights, um, going into Tuesday. Um, but the point is to kind of get it out to you guys at the beginning of the week. So, um, if you ever want to sit down and learn something new, uh, figure something new out or just really think and dream about stuff that's really important and not a bummer, um, come listen to us. Um, so it should be on all week. I may do more than one. It all depends on what's going on in space that week. Um, so to start the show, I wanted to... Uh, do a correction, uh, which I'll probably do this every show as long as we're not uh, um, too crazy with facts. So what I'd like to do is, is so basically, so last time I had said that Filet the Lander uh, had had touched down twice uh, on the comet. Technically, that's not true. It's actually, it bounced twice, which means that it touched down three times. So I know that's really, really, uh, you know, super critical but who knows someone someone may want to know the actual thing that happened and i want to make sure you guys get the right info even if it takes another week um so and and those all those the two bounces slash three touches took uh the first bounce was a hang time of an hour and 50 minutes and then the second one was uh about seven minutes hang time so that's that's pretty good um and i guess according to the comet's uh low gravity uh the lander actually only weighed about a gram uh, which is about the weight of a paperclip. Uh, so that's that's kind of cool. Um, even something that's just dust and ice has that much gravity. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, so what else do we have? So uh, more updates on Filet. So uh, Filet landed, as uh, a lot of people noticed, which was great to see. Uh, it actually... Uh, blew up on on social network and all that stuff so it's great that people were really into it um what happened unfortunately with they they uh, allegedly had had uh, issues from the time of the launch uh, during the 10 years that they knew the batteries were going to be an issue for the lander um and you know turns out when they actually landed it um the batteries were losing power very quickly uh, and they knew it wasn't going to last but they got all the data from the landing uh, back before it uh, went to sleep, uh, which is great. Um, I mean, that that alone is, is fantastic. Um, even just to land on the comet is fantastic. To do anything more with it is just is just a plus. Um, so, so by, you know, sleeping, you know, or isn't the battery dead? I don't think it's dead per se, um, but I think the, the idea is that it's sleeping because eventually it does have solar panels, so it eventually it will gain... Um, some type of uh, power through uh, f through time. How much I don't know. Um, it all depends on how long uh, it's actually being saturated by sunlight, and the angle too is is pretty important. Um, so they do have moments where they can come back on. Um, actually, if you want to keep up with it, and if you're on Twitter, uh, the lander actually does have a Twitter account. Uh, and it's uh, at Filet 2014. So um, this is the one I found. Um, it checks that it's checked, but it's verified. So um, it should be the right one. So uh, that's at 
P-H-I-L-A-E 2014. Um, the last one uh, that it put was, uh, my life on a comet has just begun uh, to Rosetta Satellite. I'll tell you more about it. My new home, Comet 67P soon, uh, and then a bunch of Zs because it was uh, sleeping. So that was November 14th. So I haven't had a new one since then. Um, you know, the the comet is rotating, um, but I'm not sure how much of an effect that has on how much sun it's getting. But um, the fact that the lander will still work and it's there. Um, now, I might have just glazed over this, but um, they may have uh, put in some ice drills uh, to secure it slightly. Um, they're not the same, you know, harpoons that they had planned to do originally. But for the most part, as long as nothing crazy happens, it, it should stay there. So um, from, from you know, at this point, it's a successful mission. It was a successful mission when they landed. Um, so they're, they're doing a lot of really cool things. It's great to see, again, like I said before, um, that more agencies other than just NASA uh, can, can do these things. Um, it's, it's fantastic. And then, you know, to move into the private sector is even better. Um, you can probably try a little, a few more things that you wouldn't be able to otherwise. Um, but, a uh, perfect segue into the next part is what NASA's new, uh, mission, um, we, we had, I had talked about, I think if you guys are fans of the Mike and Alex podcast, we talked about before that they have a new mission, uh, and it's to go to a sat, uh, go to a, an asteroid, uh, send a satellite scout out there and then what it's going to do is capture this the asteroid in like a net and then pull it into an orbit around earth farther than the moon if i'm not mistaken but far enough away that obviously it's safe and then they're going to send uh astronauts to the comet um which i think is is fantastic i mean it really makes a lot of sense you bring them closer so that way we don't have to risk sending people you know out further um but the issue with a new mission like that is you need new uh, ways of getting there. So how do you get something out there? How do you s potentially send people to an asteroid like that or Mars or further than that? Um, and as it turns out, uh, NASA has already been planning for that. So and that will be uh, the Orion launch system. So the Orion uh, or Orion, I'm not sure. It's O-R-I-O-N. I'm going to say Orion. Uh, so it's, it's first test launch is December 4th at 7.05 AM Eastern standard time. Uh, so they're going to be launching that aboard the, uh, the Delta four heavy rocket, uh, from Cape Canaveral. So, um, so Orion is the, is the system that they're going to put on top of the Delta four rocket. Um, and that has multiple stages. It has the Orion capsule or spacecraft in it as well because um, it actually has a, a, a an upper stage uh, which we'll get into here in a second so um, the first launch uh, is going to be test launch because they need to test this out so no no manned mission um, just sending the system and gathering data they want to know what they can expect and if something happens to go wrong you know they're not risking anyone's lives um, so they're going to be performing a multi-stage orbital test. So multi-stage orbital test, meaning, um, 
and I'll, I'll put up a, an infographic that I found online uh, that's really good. Um, and basically what happens is it's going to do a first orbit around uh, Earth and then release uh, and then shoot uh, its upper stage to go into this hyperbolic uh, orbit that they end up being uh, 3,600 miles into space at, at the farthest point. Um, which is which is higher than the ISS, if uh, fifteen times higher than the ISS is, um, which already you need, you know, at least a telescope to see, and you'll only see it very briefly because it moves really fast. Um, but no, the Delta Four looks it looks crazy. It's got these three big, um, basically, uh, you know how. If you guys watched the Antares, it was one slender rocket. This has basically three of those on the bottom, um, and it's the, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it's the most powerful rocket that there is right now. Um, soon to be challenged by SpaceX's uh, um, Falcon Heavy rocket, which uh, claims to be uh, the most powerful rocket mankind has ever made, which would of course mean up to this point, um, because previously it was Delta Four. Um, but that's, that's going to be interesting. So back, but back to Orion, um, the whole test launch is going to last four hours. So, um, December 4th, I'm going to be covering that. Um, you know, during those four hours, there's going to be a bunch of things. Uh, there's going to be communication dropouts. There's going to be checkpoints. Um, but, uh, me and I'm sure a lot of other of the people that I've met on Twitterverse, um, will be talking about it. Um, so please join us. Um, now when the Orion system first detaches from the upper stage rockets after it gets into orbit, um, there's a safety built in and they really didn't talk about it too much. Uh, all this stuff, by the way, um, I found out and you can go look up yourself. Uh, if you go to www.nasa.gov forward slash Orion, um, they, they've got movies, they've got graphics, it, it's and a bunch of information. So if you're, if you at all want to look at what I'm talking about, um, please go and check it out. So there's, there's going to be a safety built in uh, during the ascent so that in the case something goes wrong, um, you know, the flight can still continue or at the very least they can save the launch system, Orion. Um, so that's really good because I, I, if I'm not mistaken, there really wasn't a procedure before. Um, there is um, a measure that the, the the, the guy who's in charge, and forgive me because I, I forget what it's called, but the guy who's in charge of the launch pad actually has, if he needs to, a safety out where he can blow up the rocket so that something bad doesn't happen. Um, but this is even better because, <laughs> um, well, we'll have to see. Uh, we hope it's better. Um, but the fact that they're at least building in that safety is, is good for long term. Um, so... At that point, it's going to be going, so after after the safety check, um, it's going to be going 17,000 miles per hour, 100 miles up um, from Earth. Uh, and they lose communication at that point in the mission above the Indian Ocean. So at that point, the mission is just going. There's nothing you can do. The craft is still gathering data, but essentially, it's just going. Um and you just hope that all the planning and nothing strange goes wrong. Um, now, this is where it starts getting really interesting because um, they're going to have to go through the Van Allen belts, which for anyone under who doesn't uh, know what that is, it's this 
area where there's super high radiation. And it's part of the reason, if I'm not mistaken, allegedly, that we uh, really stopped sending people past the moon um, or didn't even try to because we realized this radiation that's out there, we don't know what it's going to do to people. We're not sure as hell not going to send people there first and see what happens. So one of the cool things that this craft is going to be doing is gathering data as it goes through it the first time and then again the second time. Um, so we're, we're going to be getting data on how much radiation they have shields on there too. So they're testing to see if those shields will, uh, protect, um, or, or will allow so that if there were passengers inside, they would be below the levels of radiation that it would be dangerous. Um, and I'm sure if that's not the case, uh, they'll fix it, uh, and change it, maybe more shielding. Who, who knows? We won't know until it gets to that point. Um, but let's hope they're right this time. Um, so that that's you know that's why we NASA probably focused on other things that because you know if you can't do it then you have to move on to something else you know you can kick and cream and, and cry um, but you know you've got to move on um, so now we're talking about the return back so it's gone up the hyperbolic orbit and now it's coming back in past the Van Allen belt it's coming back in uh, it's going to be entering the atmosphere at uh, 75 miles uh, above before turning around. So at this point, the launch system is still intact to the Orion craft. And so they will release the upper stage. And what happens is the Orion capsule comes out and spins around because it has to go in with the heat shield, um, which according to my research, it's actually the biggest one that they've made of its kind uh, by, you know, by NASA. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how that holds up. And uh, the whole reason being is, you know, when you're, when you're entering that atmosphere, there's, you're, you're going so fast that you're actually building plasma uh, around. This is actually plasma tube that forms around it as it's coming in. Um, and it reaches temperatures of 4,000 degrees, which is two times hotter than magma. Um, if I heard it correctly, uh, which is crazy. I mean, that's a lot. And that's happening because it's, it's coming in at 20,000 miles an hour and it's slowly entering this atmosphere that's getting denser and denser with particles. So it's hitting these things that are sliding off and creating all this, this heat and energy, um, as it's coming in. So, the the heat shield has to stay in front all the time and so uh, the orion rocket uh the orion capsule or spacecraft i don't know what they're calling it i'll just go spacecraft it's a nice general term for anything uh or satellite is also very good um but it actually has little rockets that'll keep it so that the heat shield will take most of that blow uh from all that heat um now quick fact uh so as far as space travel goes when you're Launching from the ground and trying to escape the atmosphere, you want a pointed uh, cone to the top of your rocket because it helps you cut through the air um, with the least amount of resistance. When you're coming back in, you want a nice rounded and big surface to come back through because you've got all these, basically the, the wider the surface area, the more force you're going to get uh, that you're going to be able to dissipate uh, coming back in because you're f having a lot of force. If you come in with a single tip, you have the same amount of force going into that one point. 
So if you can spread it out, you're better off. And that's why they built the heat shield to withstand the heat. But they can at least force-wise go through the atmosphere and slow down to... Let's see. They're slowing down from 20,000 miles per hour to 300 miles an hour. Um, and that's that's just from the rocket coming in and the atmosphere and all the particles slowing it down. Um, so, uh, and then at that point, um, they're going to be using multi-stage parachutes. So, um, I think there's the first one comes out, uh, slows it down to the, um, let's see, the first stage. Uh, I'm not sure what they should, but there's, there's multiple stages. Let's just, just keep it there. Um, so the first one, slow it down to a certain speed. And then there's a final stage afterwards, after the last one gets released. Uh, there's three of them. Um, and they slow it down to 20 miles per hour. And then it lands, luckily, in the ocean. And the good thing about that is the world is, the earth is mostly water. So it's really hard to miss. Um, you can pretty much just drop it in. Um, granted, they're, they're actually paying attention to how it's coming in. But um, if you make a little bit of a mistake, you're, you're probably okay. Um, but yes, so that's December 4th. So that's going to be pretty crazy. Um, you know, uh, a lot of things could happen. Um, but these guys, I mean, we only recently found out about even their plans of going this far earlier this year. Um, and the Orion system, um, has, has been, has been talked about for a little while. Um, but it's going to be very cool to see how it works. Um, best case scenario, we have multiple people doing the same thing different ways and being successful. Um, you know, if SpaceX can manage to, to do what it's been showing it can do with its rockets and systems, then we may have a space race to Mars <laughs> uh, to colonize. And that's, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, the more we can do that, the, the easier it becomes later because we'll learn more. Every time we do it, we learn something new. And it's probably, probably not something we already knew was going to happen, um, which I'm a fan of. But space travel, y you want to you don't want to really play it close to chess like that. You, you want things to play within a certain, <laughs> a certain, you know, degree of, okay, that's what we expected. Um, especially with, with sending people there. Um, which, which is going to be very interesting because uh, those missions are going to be completely different. Um, they're going to be a lot longer. Um, probably, I guess it'll probably be longer than some of the stays in, uh, the ISS that a lot of the crews, uh, the, all the different crews that have been aboard the ISS have done. Um, so it, it should be really cool to see what happens. I know I'm going to be watching, uh, and I'll keep you guys updated. Um, but that's it for the stuff for today in space. Uh, I did have a question, um, that I'll bring up. It was actually pretty cool because it took me like a few days to kind of figure out an answer. Um, it turns out somebody's already asked this. Um, so how do we know, the question is, how do we know what the Milky Way galaxy looks like if we're inside it and we've never been outside of it? Which is a great question because I never had even considered that before. Uh, but what it turns out is that it's, it's kind of a multi, of course, of course, it's a science question. It's got multi, multiple parts. So the first one is that, no, we don't know what the comet looks like from the outside because we haven't been that far but we can take an educated guess uh on what it looks like 
Um, now, how how can we take an educated guess? Um, uh, surprise, maybe to some of you, um, we are not at the center of the universe or the galaxy. Um, we are actually on one of its uh, spiraling arms. Uh, and it turns out we're actually pretty good ways out that we can actually, if we look out, we can actually see through uh, a large, a majority of uh, the Milky Way galaxy. So we have an idea of what it looks like if we're like in the middle of the sandwich. You know, you cut the sandwich in half. We're kind of we're kind of near the crust. You know, looking towards the the other whole side of the sandwich. So we're seeing like the peanut butter and the jelly. If that's the sandwich you're having, that's what I'm having. Um, and so then you can kind of take a guess. Okay then this is what it looks like granted um we are probably we're we could be really wrong in some parts but chances are we've got a good idea at least uh, enough of an idea to start moving around it um but what's even scarier is how little of it we actually know um i remember when i first got into aerospace in college um like, I'd never even considered, you know, that there was a map of the Milky Way galaxy. Never mind, you know, was it available for me to look? And, of course, thanks to the Internet, there was. Um, and it's it's crazy because, you know, when you're looking at a map, usually, you know, if it's a map of where you are, it's centralized to, you know, if the center of the map's, you know, something that you can relate to. But turns out... <laughs> you need a whole like, when I went on the website it was like this whole thing like oh you got to learn how to read this map and I'm like oh great you know I, I don't really want to learn how to read a map you know I just wanted an answer <laughs> like most things on the internet <laughs> just tell me what it is and, and then I can move on but no it was pretty cool um and we know so little I mean it's 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 scary <laughs> uh but I, I like it um because you know everyone who thinks that they know everything guess what you you don't know shit. Um, but if you think about it, I mean, we're this spinning planet that if you looked out, even if you took like, like if you were on the map and you took from where we are and did a line that pointed out, so say like if someone was looking through a telescope, like kind of that beam, almost think about it like a, like a laser. But if the thickness of that pencil is so much more than you would actually see. I mean, you're seeing such a tiny, tiny bit of what's out there. And if and if you've ever used a telescope, if you even bump it a little bit, you're you've lost it. It's gone, and you're looking at something completely different. Most of the time, it's black because your telescope's not powerful enough. But I mean, and that's only in one direction. You've got three dimensions to look into: up, down, side to side. So we've got a lot to learn. And hopefully this can be a start of getting us all there to learn some more. Um, but I thought it was a great question. Um, if you have any other questions for now, um, please go to the Mike and Alex website at mikeandalexpodcast.squarespace.com uh, and go to the Get in Touch section. Um, and then just put in the title, you know, Today in Space question. Um, depending on when it is, I may answer it on either show. But... Um, if you're specifically asking for this show, I'll make sure to answer it here. Um, but other than that, I think that's about it, guys. Um, you know, I hope uh, your week's going good. Um, personally, I know it's Monday, and a lot of people got uh, don't really like Mondays. I actually like Mondays because it helps me set up the rest of the week. Um, I started up good. I usually have a good week. 
Um, so today went to the gym, uh, doing using kettlebells now, which I like a lot more than uh, regular dumbbells. Um, just because I I feel like I'm using more, I'm getting more out of it um, by holding that handle than I am with a regular dumbbell. Um, the dumbbell's already balanced with a kettlebell. You have to balance it. So, um, I really like that a lot. Um, uh, but it, it all, it all depends on what you want to do. Um, you know, get out there at least, at least get your heart pumping guys. Um, especially you nerds out there. Yeah. I'm talking to you. You sit on the computer all day long. You're not doing shit. Get outside, go move around. I know it's getting cold, but the only way to get warm is to move around. So get up, use your brain, but the only way you're going to use your brain to full potential is to have a body that can support that brain. So please, nerds, for the love of God, please go work out. And that's it for today's segment. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week for another episode of the Today in Space segment.